What's up, fantasy football world? Thanks for tuning in to the Fantasy Football Sage podcast. It's Friday, October 23rd. Today, we are covering part two of our week seven starts and sits by matchup. If you missed the first part, which was yesterday, guess what? You are in luck. I've posted it on every single social media platform known to man. Nobody knows more about social media than I do. Okay? Now, it's posted on whatever you're listening to right now, so be sure to check that out. Last night, speaking of making fun of Donald Trump, I, uh, I found myself dividing my attention between the Thursday night game, Eagles versus Giants, and the final presidential debate. The debate was on the TV, and the game was on my tablet. Now, anybody who has set up a similar entertainment arrangement can relate to me when I say that it's not only an exercise for the brain, but it's also for the eyeballs as they frantically twitch back and forth from displays. This isn't a political show, so I'm not going to offer any personal opinions, not many anyway, other than I'm glad that our country finally got to see a legitimate debate and not a crude, bratty squabble like the last one. I'm highly interested to see how things shake out in November's presidential election, a lot more than I've been interested in seeing how the dreadful NFC East has shaken out so far, that's for sure. The Eagles took the division last night in their 22-21 victory over the Giants. The most amusing part for me, though, okay, and I'm sure most of you have probably seen this on the internet if you didn't watch the game, was the 80-yard run by Daniel Jones. Nothing between him and the end zone, and he trips over his own dang feet. To make matters worse, the moment was zoomed in and put in slow motion several times, projecting the comical slow-mo expression of Jones running and tumbling. Even his own teammates were laughing on the sideline. Poor kid. Okay, okay. I'm done being mean. But if you saw it, you would be laughing too. So let's get on with the show, the second half of these starts and sits by matchups, huh? He's such an asshole. Out of control. He's such a sleaze. All right, so picking it up where we left off yesterday. One of my favorite matchups of the week is the Seattle Seahawks playing at the Arizona Cardinals. Russell Wilson is a QB1 for me all day, continuing to play at an MVP level. He's fresh off of a bye. He faces the Arizona defense. Now, granted, they have allowed the 10th fewest fantasy points to quarterbacks this season, low-key defense. I've been streaming them in a couple leagues here and there, and I've been satisfied. However, that stat is kind of misleading, and it's nothing to write home about, as they really haven't faced a top-tier QB to date like Wilson. Wilson has a 19-3 touchdown-to-interception ratio, and of course, he remains a threat to take off running at any given moment. QB1, until further notice. Chris Carson, RB1 for me this week. Yes, he has yet to reach 100 yards on the ground this season, but that could change, okay? He's going up against a Cardinals defense that has allowed the 15th most fantasy points to running backs on the year. I look for him to capitalize on that. DK Metcalf, wide receiver one. Tyler Lockett, wide receiver two. I'm going to go ahead and say sit everyone else. Greg Olson, Will Disley, David Moore, not really interested. Um, It's kind of a dart throw with those guys. Kyler Murray, we're moving over to the other side of the ball. 
QB1, of course. Now, the Dallas defense last week, I mean, what a, what a, a trampling, all right? Kyler Murray posted three scores against the Dallas defense on Monday night. He completed only 9 of 24 attempts for 188 yards and two touchdowns, but his fantasy day was saved by 74 rushing yards and a third score on the ground. Now, he's finding his receivers through the air. I expect him to do the same thing this week against a very poor Seattle pass defense. Like him as a QB1. Now, Seattle's pass defense may be weak, but their rushing defense is pretty good. Kenyon Drake, I'm going to start him as an RB2. He's coming off of a blow-up game against Dallas, scoring twice and posting 164 yards and tw- on 20 carries. Welcome to the NFL, Kenyon. Where the hell have you been? So it's really hard for me to imagine that he repeats this performance as Seattle's defense, like I said, is stronger against the run. I do expect RB2 return from him. DeAndre Hopkins, wide receiver one. And Christian Kirk, I'm going to go ahead and say he's a wide receiver three. All right, He's been on the rise recent weeks, and he's showing his big playability. He did it against Dallas with that 80-yard touchdown. So let's go ahead and say he's a wide receiver three. We're going to sit everybody else on the receiving side of the Cardinals. Next up, we got the Chicago Bears playing at the Los Angeles Rams. I'm sitting Nick Foles. All right, so since the Bears replaced Mitchell Trubisky with Nick Foles, there really hasn't been much of a statistical difference. Foles has completed 3% more passes to that of Trubisky, the same amount of touchdowns at six, uh, a lower rating, and not nearly as many rushing yards. So I'm just, I don't know. I just don't like it. David Montgomery, on the other hand, you know, when I think of David Montgomery, I think of just a guy. You know, just a guy. All right. I'm going to start him as an RB3 flex. Uh, He's currently the RB18 in PPR formats, averaging only 3.7 yards per carry. All right. I'm just, he's he's not a bum, but he's not great either. Allen Robinson, you know, this one troubles me. I'm going to start him as a wide receiver three. It really worries me. All right that he's going to be stranded on Ramsey Island this week. All right. Especially since I roster him in a majority of my leagues. All right. So pro football focus, it looks like has Ramsey ranked as the 16th best quarter cornerback in the league this season. All right. I just, I just don't expect big things from Allen Robinson on the other side of the ball. Oh, I'm sitting everybody else. I'm sitting everybody else. Uh, Darnell Mooney, Anthony Miller, Cordero Patterson, Jimmy Graham, I might start as a tight end too. If I'm streaming the position, I wouldn't be really happy about it. That's for sure. Expect him to boomer bust with an end zone catch or something. That's about it. If he doesn't get a TD, he's, he's a wash. All right. On the other side of the ball, we got Jared Goff. He's a sit for me unless you are playing in a two quarterback league maybe a QB two. He just hasn't been spectacular this season. He's, he hasn't been terrible either. Um, he's currently sitting at the QB 13 in fantasy football with a respectable 18.8 points per game. All right. He has a 10 to four touchdown to interception ratio, which kind of looks okay on paper, but this matchup 
it really isn't great. All right. The Bears have allowed the fewest fantasy points to quarterbacks this season. All right. So I'm going to sit Jared Goff unless it's a two quarterback league. Darrell Henderson, if he suits up, maybe play him in the flex. He was a limited participant in practice yesterday. You might want to monitor that. I'm sitting Malcolm Brown and Cam Akers. Uh, Robert Woods, wide receiver three. Cooper Cup, wide receiver three. I'm sitting Josh Reynolds, Tyler Higby, and Gerald Everett. Okay, so before I move on, I will explain why I have Robert Woods and Cooper Cup at wide receiver threes. Ordinarily, these guys would be ranked much higher. However, did you know that the Bears have allowed the third fewest points to the wide receivers this season? All right. They have yet to allow more than one TD through the air in all six weeks that they've played. So that's why I have them ranked as low as I do. I'm not saying don't start them, but I really only think one of them is going to ball out if either of them do. Next up, we got the Carolina Panthers at the New Orleans Saints. Teddy Bridgewater is a QB2 streaming option for me. Now, he looked pretty poor against the Bears last week, and we just talked about the Bears' defense and their, their ability to keep quarterbacks in check. So he only threw for, what was it, 216 yards and two interceptions. Now, he did save your fantasy day with 48 surprising uh, rushing yards, but if you were forced to start him last week, you really weren't happy about it. This week, you know, he's kind of shown that he's a good option in the right matchup, and I think that they're going to have to struggle to keep up with the Saints' defense. He's got some QB1 upside, but I'm going to say he's a QB2 streaming option. Mike Davis, RB2, this may be his last week, so just be prepared, Mike Davis owners. It's unfortunate because he has done admirably at the job of replacing McCaffrey. Uh, he does get a difficult finale against the Saints' run defense, so I'm going to say he's an RB2. Ladies and gents, enjoy this one last ride. DJ Moore, start him as a wide receiver too. Same thing for Robbie Anderson. I'm going to go ahead and say sit Curtis Samuel. I think he's injured anyway. And I'm going to sit tight end Ian Thomas. On the other side of the ball, I'm sitting Drew Brees. Unless I'm desperate in a two-quarterback league, I'm going to go ahead and throw him in the QB2 spot. Honestly, I, depending on what my other options are, I might even put a wide receiver or running back in that spot. I'm glad I'd, I'm not in a situation. He, is, he just hasn't looked the same all season. So um, I'm going to go ahead and say sit him unless you are forced to. Uh, play him. Alvin Kamara, RB1, naturally. Latavius Murray in deep leagues, maybe the flex, RB4. All right, he's a decent option, um, if, especially if you're dealing with injuries or buys. Michael Thomas, I have no idea if he's going to play. Supposedly, he tweaked him, his hamstring, I believe it was, in practice. Uh, I didn't get any update as to whether his participation for today was available. Otherwise, I would have put it in this episode. Monitor it uh, tomorrow or Sunday before kickoff. That really will be a, an indicator as to Drew Brees' success. I think the two go hand in hand, it seems. But it is for sure that he will not have any further discipline handed down to him according to Sean Payton. Uh, 
Apparently there was a little scuffle between Thomas and another player that seems to have brushed over. Emmanuel Sanders, I'm going to go ahead and start him in the flex. Wide receiver three, he has been the primary beneficiary of Thomas's absence, it seems like. Traquan Smith, I'm going to sit. Jared Cook is a tight end one. Next up, we got the Dallas Cowboys playing at the Washington football team. Andy Dalton, sit him. Please sit him. So after the injury of Dak Prescott, Andy Dalton was expected to come in and at least be a servable filler. Okay, that's not the case. We've discovered that quite rapidly. All right, even though he did post 266 yards, two touchdowns, and two interceptions, that sounds a whole lot better than he looked on the field. Now, there's a whole lot of talk about the possibility, now that it's two a time in Miami, that the Dallas Cowboys might make a trade push for Ryan Fitzpatrick and hop on the Fitzmagic bandwagon. Being a Fitzmagic fan, I don't want to see him go to the Cowboys. No offense, Cowboy fans. Uh, I would like to see him stay in Miami just in case things don't work out with Tua. But there is talk of that. Anyhow, I'm going to sit Andy Dalton every week. Running backs, uh, Ezekiel Elliott still gets the RB1 you know, start for me. You know, he, had a he had a disappointing game. All right. That's kind of an understatement. Um, but Tony Pollard, I'm going to go ahead and say he's a handcuff and a stash. Look for Zeke to bounce back this week. I don't think uh, the Washington football team can hold this man down. He is a stud, has proved it. Everybody has down days. We know this. Wide receivers, Amari Cooper is a wide receiver too. CeeDee Lamb, a wide receiver three. And I am going to sit Michael Gallup. On the other side of the ball, I'm sitting Kyle Allen. You know, he's he was serviceable in week six, but I just don't expect that this week. Not back-to-back -back weeks. Running backs, Anthony Gibson, I'm going to say, start him as a running back three. We're going to sit J.D. McKissick. Wide receivers, Terry McLaurin. I would like to see him have a good week this week, but I'm going to say he's a wide receiver too. Uh, with some upside, wide receiver one upside. Logan Thomas is a tight end two for me. Next up, we got the Green Bay Packers playing at the Houston Texans. Aaron Rodgers, I'm going to say start him as a QB one this week, even though he had an abysmal outing last week. Honestly, he probably saw the worst fantasy performance of his entire career. I think he has a good shot to bounce back this week as the Houston Texans are allowing plenty of passing yards, and about 20 fantasy points to opposing quarterbacks per game. So confidently suit him up. Aaron Rodgers, RB1. He kind of had a mediocre RB2 performance last week, but the entire Packers offense was struggling, as I mentioned. Um, I look for him to be in the RB1 conversation this week. Devontae Adams, start him as a wide receiver one. You know, he had a lackluster wide receiver three performance last week, but I think that's going to change this week. Marquez Valdez-Scantling, I think he's like not even really hardly worth a spot on your bench at this point, unless Adams goes back out. So I'm going to sit him, and Robert Tanyan is a low-end tight end one for me. He tweaked uh, his ankle last week, but he came back into the game and still out-snapped all the Green Bay tight ends. Uh, 
you know, Houston, they're allowing enough points to the tight end position. So I think it warrants firing him up again this week if he's active. On the other end of the ball, I'm going to say Deshaun Watson. Uh, he's a low-end QB1 for me. You know, he's stepped it up over the last few weeks. So he's had some impress- impressive performances. You know, we know that the beginning of the Houston schedule was pretty rough. So now that things are kind of easing off for them, I look for Deshaun Watson to kind of get back to his regular form. David Johnson, I'm going to start him as a low-end RB1. All right, he's steadily creeping up the, you know, RB1 ladder for me. As far as consistency, you know, you should have him on on your starting roster every week. Uh, He really hasn't disappointed. I mean, he's been mediocre and then had some flashes. The Packers have allowed the most fantasy points to a running back so far this year. That's why I'm putting him as a low-end RB1. I think David Johnson has the ability to achieve RB1 status. Uh, Let's see, tight end, a wide receiver, excuse me. Will Fuller, we're going to start him as a wide receiver too. Brandon Cooks, also a low-end wide receiver too. We're going to sit Randall Cobb, Kenny Stills, Darren Fells, if he's active. uh, Excuse me, it's Akins that's inactive. So Darren Fells, I will start him as a tight end too. Even Akins. Akins is a low-end tight end one if he's active. All that's still up in the air. You might want to monitor it. I'm not really excited about either one of these guys. They they do have a propensity to see the end zone and red zone targets. Um, so, you know, if you're streaming the position, like I always say, you could do worse. Darren Fells, tight end two. Jordan Akins, tight end two. See who's going to suit up if you can. If you are given that liberty. That would be great. Next up, we got the Kansas City Chiefs playing at the Denver Broncos. When Russell Wilson was on a bye last week, Patrick Mahomes took over as the number one overall fantasy player on the week. He had like 225 yards, two TDs, 36 rushing yards on the ground. Pretty mediocre, I would say, for a half a billion dollar man, but we'll all take it, right? I like him as a QB1 this week, pretty much every week. You know, he's not going to be the number one QB finisher every week like you would expect. But, hey, top five, we'll take it, right? Clyde Edwards-Hilaire and Le'Veon Bell. How do I even approach this situation? I know some of you are probably looking for me to give you some golden insight into this whole situation. And let me tell you, I am just as clueless as everybody else. I have some opinions, and I will share them. All right, Clyde Edwards-Hilaire for me is an RB1 if Bell does not play. However, Bell is eligible to play and probably will to some extent. What capacity, we can't say for sure. So I'm going to say Clyde Edwards-Hilaire is an RB2 if Bell does suit up. Okay, so let's proceed assuming that Clyde Edwards-Hilaire is an RB2. You're going to start him regardless. Okay, this week, we need to see what happens. Le'Veon Bell, I'm actually willing to start him in the flex position. I think he's going to get probably about 10 to 12 touches. This is all assuming that he has learned the playbook. Uh, You know, it could be that Andy Reid decides, you know, come Sunday that you don't know enough. And he only gives him a few touches. I assume that he's going to be active. All right. 
and he can get up to 10 to 10 to 12 touches any red zone and goal line work and that's going to cut into to Elaire's job right now he had a great week last week he put up some awesome numbers i think he solidified himself as really being the guy all right but bell's a legend i mean i just i just don't know what to think so let's see how this week shakes out you can start both of them uh unless just before kickoff they say hey bell you know he's not going to play or he's going to be super limited which i doubt andy reed is going to give any indication to that so elair running back two bell flex running back three four uh you know if you're feeling risky tyreek hill wide receiver one we're sitting everybody else except travis kelsey who is a tight end one on the other side of the ball we're going to sit drew lock absolutely disgusting stat line of week six and I don't mean that in a good way. All right. Melvin Gordon, we're going to start him as an RB3. Same thing with Philip Lindsay. It's, I think it's going to be a 50-50 split between these guys. As far as the wide receivers, I'm going to start Tim Patrick in the flex. All right. He's put up three straight productive weeks. I don't see why he shouldn't in this matchup. I'm not really interested in starting Jerry, Jerry Judy. All right. He hasn't done much outside of a, a splash play against the Jets. And it honestly should have been intercepted. But all that aside, not interested in Jerry Judy. Noah Fant, it looks like he is he's on, on track to, to suit up. Okay. He is practicing. So I like him as a tight end one in this matchup. Next up, we got the San Francisco 49ers playing at the New England Patriots. Jimmy Garoppolo. QB2, if you're in a two-quarterback league, I'm sitting them otherwise. Yes, Jimmy G did rebound nicely last week after being benched in week five. He had 268 yards and three touchdowns. However, he's been consistent all year. It's hard for me to trust him as a starting quarterback in fantasy, especially in this matchup where the Pats rank in the top 10 in terms of passing yards given up and interceptions. This defense is one of the more stout units in the NFL, and I think they're going to really put it on Jimmy G. That said, for the running back position, Raheem Mostert is likely to head to the IR. That means it's going to be, once again, a committee in the Niners' backfield. Jarek McKinnon figures to get the lion's share, as they say. He's going to be the biggest benefactor, so I do like him as an RB3. Everybody else, um, no. But, I mean, if you're sitting on one of these guys and you need to fill your RB4 spot or RB, yeah, it's RB4. That's, a, that's the best I can do with those guys. Wide receivers, Debo Samuel, I think he's a wide receiver three. Brandon Ayuk, I'm going to sit. George Kittle, tight end one, naturally. On the other side of the ball, Cam Newton, I think he's going to be a QB1. He looked rusty last week in his first action since week three, but I think he's going to do well against the 49ers. James White, I'm going to start him as an RB2. Damian Harris, RB3 flex. Rex Burkhead, nah, really interested. Julian Edelman is a wide receiver three. I'm going to sit 
Nikhil, Harry, and Damian Beard, or Byard, or Bird, or I don't know how you pronounce it. It doesn't matter. It's irrelevant. The only receiver for New England I am starting is Julian Edelman. And that wraps up today's show. Week 7 starts and sits by a matchup, part 2. Thank you for listening to the Fantasy Football Sage podcast. You can find us on Spotify, Facebook, Anchor, Twitter, Pocket Cast, Breaker, Radio Public, Overcast, Apple Podcasts, and Google Podcasts. Make sure you support the show, like, follow, write a review, do the stuff, be supportive. Love you, fam. Until next time, peace. As far back as I can remember, I always wanted to be a gangster. Thank you.